0: Good morning, everyone. You know what? I'm excited today. You know, a couple reasons why I'm excited. I'm excited to be with the family. Um, I'm excited uh, for another thing. is our sister Lexi's birthday. That's another exciting. <laughs> but one of the reasons that I feel so excited. I feel like uh, God has been asking in my prayers when it comes to just feeling free. And I will share um, why I'm, I'm starting to uh, feel this way and how I'm becoming free. Uh, I want to thank just the song leaders for uh, just their heart every week for serving. Thanks so much for uh, Edward, Angel, and Amir with the uh, AV team. At, uh, that's why we have this. And we have the sound up here. We really appreciate it. And also our uh, account team, Uh, we thank you so much for, uh, you know, a lot of times they miss out on parts of the message because they're serving us and making sure that um, our monies are taken care of. So we appreciate you guys, too, for that. So before I preach, I would like to pray. Um, Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this opportunity. I pray you move me aside, God, and allow your Holy Spirit to work through me. Uh, Thank you so much for bringing everyone here and blessing everyone's lives as well. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So the message uh, is going to be coming out of John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. I couldn't think of a title for this message, but we're going to talk about just the humility of our Lord. You know, in John 13, starting in verse 1, it says, Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to be with the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now the time of supper, now by the time of supper, the devil had already put into the heart of Jesus Simon Iscariot's son to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands. he had come from God and that he was going back to God so he got up from supper laid aside his robe, took a towel and tied it around himself next he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet and to dry them with the towel around him he came to Simon Peter who asked him Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now but afterwards you will know. You will never wash my feet, ever, Peter said to Jesus. Peter said, Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Everything changed real quick. (laughs) One who has bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet. But he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. This is why he said, you are not all clean. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his robe, he reclined again and said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord. This is well said, for I am. So if you're Lord and teacher... Have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should all I've given you an example that you should also excuse me, for I've given you an example that you also should do just as I've done for you. I assure you, a slave is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. You know, this right here was Jesus' last supper, his last meal with his disciples. You know, it said that the hour has came. It was time for Jesus to get ready for his departure from here on earth. You know, I tried to imagine myself or imagine what Jesus was going through through that time. And they're having a meal. I know some of it was probably bittersweet. You know, him just looking at the 12 as they eat, laugh and play around, him looking at one of them saying, "I remember when he didn't even like him." But now you can't keep them away from each other. He used to look down. On the poor. Now that's all he wants to help. Man him over there. He was so self-righteous. Look how he's grown in his humility. You know I've always been with the father. It was never a beginning with God and Jesus. They were always together. And now he's about to return to him. And then there's Judas. Judas. Man, I love him so much. But his betrayal is killing me inside. You know, Jesus was God and he was man. He had flesh like us. So the things that we feel when we're hurt or betrayed or disrespected, he feels the same. What would be your response? To knowing that that person that's been with you every day for them 3 years for you it can be more that they decided to betray you you know for me I'd be like man i didn't trusted you all this time and you're going to do something like this put your hands up <laughs> you know what would be your response When you was with someone during the toughest times in their life, and you sacrificed time, you even sacrificed money, so they would be taken care of, but yet they betray you. You know, some of us may feel that, you know what, we're not going to ever, ever let someone disrespect us again. I'm done with this loving stuff. You know, we all deal with disappointments and hurts differently. Sometimes we close off and cut ourselves away from the world. Sometimes we treat others how we're treated. But then sometimes we just get cold and lost. But let's look at Jesus' response to this. You know, in verse In verse 3, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hand and that he had came from God and he was going back to God. Look at this. So he got up from supper, laid aside his robe, and took a towel and tied it around himself. Got a basin, poured water, in, and he began to wash his disciples' feet. Point number one. Let's get off our pedestal and put someone else on it. Jesus remembered that his father had given him all things. So the washing of the disciples' feet by Jesus was a significant act. Since never beforehand has a master washed the feet of his servants. Or a rabbi or teacher washed the feet of his pupils. This event occurred over a meal being served. Therefore, it wasn't an act of a welcome guest. Because some of the things during that time when you had a guest to come over, you would provide water so they can wash their feet. Jesus was not a slave to a disciples, nor were his disciples his master. Like I said before, it's unheard of for a master to wash his servant's feet. Furthermore, this foot washing was not an act of expression of a wife washing her feet. Husband's feet. Now, during Jesus' day, there was no SUVs, sports cars, motorcycles, or anything like that. During that time, on the roads, there was a lot of oxen, horses, donkeys, camels, sheep being brought into the city to be sold. Why I share this? There was a lot of poop. Number two, whatever you want to call it on those roads, a lot of mess. So during that, you you have those carts and different things that were traveling in there that roll across it, which spreads it around the road, and it gets on the sandals. So it's not only just dust that made their feet dirty. It was a lot of other things as well. So by the time you arrived home, arrived home, your feet was filthy, and cleaning them wasn't considered, it was considered a truly nasty job. And that service was relegated for slaves to do. So you can imagine how important, how Incredible it was for Jesus to take off that towel and wipe and wash his disciples' feet. He was choosing the dirtiest part of them, the most disgusting, off-putting, smelling part, to clean them. Our Lord humbled himself to lift them up. But that character of Peter, huh? Peter never sensed to amaze none of us as we read the word. You know in verse 10, in verse 6 he says, he came to Simon Peter and asked him, "Lord, are you going to wash my feet?" Jesus answered him, "What I'm doing, you what I'm doing, you do not understand, but afterwards you will. You'll never wash my feet ever," Peter said, "And if I don't wash you, you have no part of me." Point number 2. Let's get out of our own way. There are times when we don't understand God's ways and we get in the way of his blessings, his encouragements, and his lessons for us because we don't trust him. It was unheard of for a master or teacher to do that. It was disrespectful to even think about allowing your teacher or your rabbi to do something that for you. All of Peter's life, he has been taught that feet were dishonorable members of the body. They were usually dirty, frequently smelling among the most likely members to come in contact with things that the law declared unclean. Outside of immediate family, feet were washed by slaves and servants, ideally non-Jews so that none be subject to any of the covenant people to such humiliation. And no one never insulted an honored person by pointing one's feet at them. But here was the Messiah, the most honored Jew to ever walk the earth, stripped like a common slave with a towel around his waist, willing to handling the unclean feet of his disciples. This was backwards, if anything, Peter should be down there washing Jesus' feet. When Jesus got to Peter, he smiled. Adam to reach his feet, Peter pulled back. Lord, do you want to wash my feet? You know, after all he's done. Jesus looked at Peter. The rock. He never did anything. The rock never did anything right or wrong without jumping in with in it. Are in this case, withholding both feet. He knew what Peter was thinking, so he replied, What I am doing, you do not understand. Unwillingly to subject Jesus to such dishonor, Peter, Peter said, You would never wash my feet. Now you can imagine Jesus getting serious. If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. You know, for me... There are a lot of times when I'm responding or acting like Peter. And when God says, I want to do this for you, there are times I say, no, no, no. I'm not letting you do this. Let's try another way. That's not what I need, God. For many years, I've been running away from Dealing with the wounds and pains of my heart. On, and for many years, as being a disciple, you know how you you know you need help in this area, and God is providing it right there, but because it'll hurt, because you don't want to deal with it, because you don't want to face these things that you ran from your whole life, you don't listen. And one of some of those things that I've 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 run from is dealing with failure. You know, growing up for me, my me and my dad, we didn't have a great relationship. Our relationship didn't change till I was like eighteen or nineteen. So you know, for you know all those years, not feeling like your dad liked you, was tough. You know, just, you know, not realizing that the validation that, you, that I wanted from him has scarred me. Yeah. So I, since, you know, as a kid, you know, I, I hated my pops. And I feel like, like that hate, it protected me because the more I longed for his love, <laughs> the more damage it did. You know, and there's other things as well that how that affected me just in my life. And I shared, like, probably about a month ago, how, you know, I have a tough time loving myself or receiving encouragement. You know, and recently, you know, I started seeing, getting counseling, and uh, through the encouragement, you know, of my wife and some of you in here, and I'm starting to just learn a lot of why I act and respond the way I do. You know, becoming a Christian, you know, you get saved, your sins is washed away. You know, and God does incredible things in your life, but there's also those things that that comes back. You're not knowing where it's coming from, or why are you reacting or responding a certain way. You know, and I had to come to a real, realization that, you know, I need help because when it comes to loving. I can only go this far right here. Like sky's the limit, but I just can't get past this right here. And the first thing that what I, I have to to do is is love myself. Yeah. And seeing myself the way God sees me. But before myself is God. Have you ever felt like God is doing amazing things in other people's lives but not in yours? So with feeling that way, it's been hard for me to just to talk to people about God. And what I mean by that is when I talk about him, yeah, he he would do this for you, he would do that for you. But inside, not feeling like he would do the same for me. And that's been some of the most challenging, that's been probably the most challenging thing I've been going through for years. But Jesus says, let me wash your feet. You know, what's wrong with me wanting to be the most healthiest spiritually I can be? Why not any of us strive to be the most healthiest we can be spiritually? And for me, spiritually and physically. You know, I had to get to the root of what it is that Jesus needs to help to clean and wash wash me of. So it's been a, a scary, uh, exciting uh, adventure, yeah. might I say, of what I'm, I'm going through. Yeah. You know, at first I had to get through the, uh, the phase of wanting to see a therapist. And you know, in the African American community, we don't, what happens in the house stays in the house. (laughs) (laughs) But my concept of therapy was, I guess it was ignorant. Because going through these sessions, it's about me sharing my experiences, my truth, and this person listening to it. And and as I get open with it, there's so much stuff that I forgot that's been inside of here so much that I'm starting to figure out, okay, this is why I respond like this. Mm -hmm. This is why I act this way. Because some things can be very small, Mm -hmm. but I can overreact in here and in here Mm -hmm. about the situation. And that came from something that That happened so long ago. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I had to learn as being a a Christian is that you still got to deal with your character issues that happened in the past. And one of the things that I'm so so thankful about God is that he waits to an opportune time when you're mature enough to handle it. You know, Peter wasn't ready, though and I can understand. I mean Peter felt so strong about his conviction and what he believed in. But that conviction almost lost him his relationship with God. And as time goes on, I start feeling that way. I'm like, God, I'm I'm not in a good spot. Like I need help. I need help with feeling your holy spirit like witnessing your holy spirit like work in my life how it works in these scriptures and i start talking about it i've been talking about it for a few years like i wanted to feel the power of the holy spirit i wanted to see the spirit been evident in my life i talking about in ways where you just like that's god can you relate i want to be like joyful Joyful first because I have a relationship with the Father and with the Son. I don't want my joy to come from material things. As a young Christian, I used to pray for years that I don't want to find joy outside of God. And He's been answering that prayer because I haven't been (laughs) happy. (laughs) He's been faithful. (laughs) But it's so true. So my third point is, you know what he has done for you. In verse 11, for he knew who would betray him. This is why he said, you are not all clean. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his robe, he reclined again and said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord. This is well said, for I am. So if I, your your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Jesus sets an example on how we should love one another. That doesn't mean that we need to go and just wash (laughs) one another's feet, literally. But there are ways that we need to humble ourselves and serve and love our brothers and sisters. I don't know what that may mean for you to humble yourself, to help clean up someone's mess. Someone's mess that wasn't yours, you didn't have anything to do with it. But you've taken that responsibility to lower yourself, to lift that person up. You know, in his willingness to clean our lives, it's still happening today. Because we still fall short every day, right? But he's still there to wash us up. First, much of the Christian life is spent trusting Jesus now and understanding him later. Jesus typically does not feel it necessary to explain on the front end why he's doing something the way he's doing it. But in Peter's case, he did that. And like Peter, when it looks wrong to us, we are tempted to object to the Lord's will. God understands and is patient with our confusion and even our deep wrestling with grief. But he wants us to trust him and not grumble or question in unbelief. You know, Isaiah 55.8 th- says, Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. His purposes for bringing or not bringing certain things to pass often extends far beyond us. Maybe even generations beyond us beyond us. You know, sometimes we like to figure God out. And when that when that figure doesn't correlate with what we came up with, we jump off ship. Or jump off track. And think God is doing something wrong when it's us. You ever seen a kid grab a like a young kid grab something hot? When they grab it, what they do? No, little kids, sometimes they, they squeeze it. Babies. Like when they, they squeeze it and they scream. But as we get older and mature, when we, when we touch something, we're jumping back real quick. You know, God allowed things to happen. He doesn't let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. So he waits on us to be able to handle whatever may comes our way. And that's something that we needed to grow in and trust that, that God knows what He's doing. So this washing of feet it was so encouraging to have a Lord that wasn't, didn't care about status quo. He didn't care about the title of being the son of God or being the son of God. His mission was to come in service. And as a family, we need to get to know each other and love each other and help meet each other's needs. On the flip side of that, we have to be vulnerable enough to be open with our needs. Satan loves to get in there and lie to you and tell you that someone might look down on what you, of your need. That your need won't be, your needs won't be met. That they're only doing this for or sure, whatever it may be. There needs to be a humility in our family to where we can lay things bare before each other. I don't just want prayer. Because if I'm just sick. No, I, I, want, I want prayer when I say, you know what? And I'm afraid of this. I need your help. I would like to go to this, but I can't afford it. Can you help me? We need help with groceries. We need help with this. Family, can you help me? See, that vulnerable, vulnerability will allow us to represent God in a way that you will give him all honor and glory. But we miss those opportunities because of pride. So one of my, my goals in my life is to be like a man of prayer. And as I pray to trust that his promises are going to come true, because God has never lied. And he never will. So in that, as I start to bring this to a close, first I pray that this was encouraging. This seems kind of quiet. I didn't, uh, (laughs) making me nervous. I appreciate it. So over this past week, my prayer life has been like never before. Seeing God has been like never before, just praying for some of you just over the week and seeing you guys here, praying for other things and, you know, God is blessing. Right now, I'm not afraid to face the music now. I'm willing to deal with the past hurts that happened to me, the past hurts that I caused, because sometimes when you're in your feelings, it's hard to see how you hurt others. Hurt people hurt people but I'm not afraid of it anymore. I'm excited to, for this new uh, venture in my relationship with God. I'm excited on being able to get to a place where I can love you like Christ, not how far I can go myself with it. I'm excited that I'll be able to learn, I'm learning how to even love my wife even more the way she deserves, the way I can love my family, my physical family, because you know a lot of hurt and pain came from them, but just to forgive them and just love them, like it, it feels so good when when you start releasing like some of that weight that's in there. You know, I've been leaving like the sessions. I'm been like, I'm ready to go dunk the basketball, knowing good and well when I come down, I'm being rushed to the hospital. <laughs> but I feel so much lighter, family. And I'm, I'm excited to go through these growing pains that we're going through right now as a church. I'm encouraged that those of you who are here still fighting a good fight, thank you so, so much. We got to do this together. And God got us in a spot that where we have to work together for our family. So as I close, I just want to just encourage us to look at The humility of our Lord to where he stooped down to make us great. Let's lift each other up every time we see each other. Let's find out who's hurting, who's going through a tough time in their life. Let's search out for them and lift them up. Let them know how important they are, you know, and mean it. Jesus even washed Judah's feet even though he was betraying him. Love covers over a multitude of sin. He was doing everything he could to give Judas a chance to repent. Judas couldn't look at Jesus and say, he did this, that's why I'm doing this. He left him no excuse. Let's do the same for each other. Let's love, love, love. Let's be humble, humble, humble. And let's lift each other up. Amen? I'm going pray. Uh, Father in heaven, God, thank you for this, just this opportunity to, uh, to share. God, I pray that um, what I share is what you wanted us to hear. Uh, I pray that, Father, as our, our Lord and Savior, who who's the greatest thing that touched this earth, considered himself lowly as us to lift us up, God. God, for us to see how much you love us, to see how special we are, to see how we're the apple of your eye. Uh, God, that you sent him To tell us that, to show us that. Thank you so much for it, God. I love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, guys.